Ehrenfelds for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month in memory of everyone's grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron, Benjamin and Elise Wall for dedicating the Sherman Joshua's this month in memory of Moshe Chaim Ben Svi Hirsch, our week of learning sponsors, Hilary Jacobson Kent, and commission of the yard site of Shifra Bas Chana Dino. Let's we thank all of our sponsors for their incredible generosity. And with that, let us begin. Today's DAP is Ayin Ches 78, and we are picking up Emir Hashem at Ayin Zayin Amud Beis. We're picking up 12 lines up from the bottom at the two dots. Mitzri, the Adomi Einon Asun. Suppose I just if you remember again when we spoke about this in the Mishnah. So the Mishnah spoke about the idea that converts from Mitzrayim and Edom permitted to convert but are restricted in the marriage pool up until three generations. Rabbi Shimon came along and said, the truth is, I think that the men should be restricted up until three generations and the women should be permitted immediately. Now, he made a kavachomer. What was his kavachomer? If when it comes to Ammon and Moab, where the men are restricted forever, the women are permitted immediately, then all the more so Mitzrayim and Edom, where the men are only, are only restricted for three generations, the women should certainly be permitted immediately. If you remember again, then the back and forth was the Rabbanon said back to Rabbi Shimon, is this your own idea or is this the tradition you received from your Abayim? If it's your own Kavachomer, then we can ask a question on it. If it's the tradition you received from your Abayim, then ultimately we'll accept it. That's the background. So it says the Gemara, my tshuva, my tshuva. What, 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 what was the refutation? Had it been Rabbi Shimon's own Kavachomer, what would have been the refutation that the rabbis would have leveled against it? You can bring a raya against this, a proof against this kavachomer from arayos. Now listen to this. This is actually fascinating. If you take a look at the first wide line of Rashi, arayos yochihu shelo aser b'hen elashlosha doros bas bas bito asurlo v'hu bechlal. Listen to this. When it comes to Arayos, immorality, interestingly enough, the, the prohibition on immoral relationships with close relatives only goes for three generations. So just this is fascinating. It's just on a, on a simple level. There's a prohibition, of course, one's daughter is an erva to him, and a granddaughter is an erva. A great-granddaughter is not an erva. Fascinating. So therefore, the Gemara says, when it comes to Arayos, Arayos extends down to three generations, but ultimately, again, applies to both men and women. So that would be a refutation of Rabbi Shimon's Kavachomer, to which the Gemara says, So here you see, here you see a prohibition which extends for three generations and yet applies equally to men and to women, this would seemingly refute the Kavachomer of Rabbi Shimon. So he says, no, because Mala Arayos Shekane Kores. There's a big difference. Arayos, remember again, carry with them a penalty of Kores. Mamzer Yochiach. So we'll say Mamzer could go ahead and refute the Kavachomer. Now, how so? Take a look at Rashi. Mamzer Yochiach is in the wide lines, third wide line in, end of the third line. Mamzer Yochiach, Shein Kores Bibiaso. So we'll say Mamzer is a good example. Mamzer doesn't carry with it a chiv karis, but yet Mamzer is a prohibition that devolves both upon men and women. To which the Gemara says, Mala Mamzer, Shekin Anoroi Lavo Bekal the Olam. Mamzer is different. 
We'll say because the restriction on Mamzer to enter into the assembly of Klal Yisrael is forever. Is forever. To which the Amor says, the Also, in reality, we try to disprove Rabbi Shimon's Kavachomer from two sources, either from Mamzer or from Arayos. It turns out that at the end of the day, neither of them on their own has the ability to disprove the Kavachomer. Why? Because each of them have their own unique Chumrah. But yet, interestingly enough, Zed but I will say the common denominator between the two is Sha'asurin, they're both Asr, Ve'echazikarim, Ve'echazikarim, So I will say what they do represent is the following situation, a situation of Isr, and the Isr devolves upon both men and women. Af and the Avi Mitzri, Mitzris, Sha'asurin, Therefore, what can I learn now from them? Just like Mamzer and Arayos are, creates an Isser, and the Isser devolves equally upon men and women, so too I'll go ahead and I'll say that Mitzri and Mitzris, the prohibition of the Mitzri convert, will ultimately again apply equally to both men and women. I says the Gemara Mala Tzara Sheva Shevahen, Shikin Yeshban Sad Karis. But I will say one second, you can make a different common denominator between Arayos and Mamzer, which is that they both have an element of Kares. Now remember again, Mamzer, what's the Mamzer's Kares? Right, the Mamzer's Kares is in the nature of his creation, right? A Mamzer is created from a relationship punishable by Kares or Misa. So the Mamzer has Kares, Arayos carry with them Kares. The Rabbanon, Mechalo dechay. So we'll say maybe that's the common denominator, and if that's common denominator. Then remember again, remember again. So that will not apply to Mitzri, as Mitzri has no element of karis associated with it. To which the Gemara says, "V'Rabbanon mechalo dechay ve'asei ukrabi Eliezer ben Yaakov." The Rabbanon will say there's another case. So we'll say take a look at Rashi. The Rabbanon da'amri yesh tshuva parchina le'v'Rabbi Shimon mechalal dechay v'yasei kegoin koin gadol shenasa anusa omufuta shi'alav ba'asei besuli kafalo bula ve'in kan lav dezona. So we'll say listen to this. They'll go ahead and they'll bring up the situation of a chalal from a chay v'yasei. So we'll say chalal from chay v'yasei would be a situation ultimately of a of a Kohen who, let's say, marries a woman who is not a Basula. If a Kohen marries a woman who is not a Basula, that is only prohibited by an Asay. Yet, according at least to Belazar, Ben Yaakov, it goes out and creates a Chalolus. So here is a case of ongoing Isser that has no Misa or Karis associated with it. Okay. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Umay lo, kiachi kamalu, so remember again, here, let's just go back to the Mishnah. So now we understand when the Rabbanon said to Rabbi Shimon, listen, are you telling us your own Kavach Omer? Or are you telling us a halacha is passed down through your Masorah? If it's your own Kavach Omer, so we can ask Kashas on it. What's the Kashas? That's the list we just went through. That's the Pirchas. So say, then Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov himself responds and he says, Lo, he says, no, 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 it's not my own halacha, it's not my own halacha, rather, again, it's a Masorah that I have. To which the Gemara tries to understand, when Rabbi Lezim Yaakov says, lo, what was he saying? So first of all, he was saying to them was, Lididis, number one, you hold the Rabbi Lezim Yaakov, that there's a possibility to create a sir, from the Chiyavase, 
I don't hold to that. I don't hold to that. But what I will tell you is, Halacha Ani Omer. Ultimately, again, I'm not espousing my own Kavach Omer, but rather, again, I am sharing with you the Halacha as I have received the tradition through my Rebbeim. Okay. To which the Gemara says, Tanya, Amr Rabbi Shimon, Halacha Ani Omer. So Rabbi Shimon says, so I'll say, Braisa, that kind of parallels the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon says, I'm sharing with you a Halacha. Right, I'm sharing with you halacha. We'll say, meaning, and again, this is not my own kavachomer. This is a halacha. Vaod mikra misayani. Furthermore, I have a pasuk to support my idea. Well, remember again, what's Rabbi Shimon's core idea? That by the Mitzri and Edomi converts, whereas the men are restricted from marrying into the normative marriage pool for three generations, the women should be permitted immediately. And that's based on a kavachomer with Amoni and Moavis, or Amoni and Moavi. To which the Gemara says, so first of all, I have a kavachomer. Second of all, I have a Pasik that supports me. What's the Pasik? Banim velo banos. They both say, this is actually very interesting. The Pasik says by Mitzri and Edomi, Banim darshlishi, Hashem. So we'll say, Rabbi Shimon says, what does the Pasik say? Sons which will be born to them in the third generation, shall enter into the assembly of Hashem. Rabbi Shimon says, what do you see from there? That the prohibition or the limitation of three generations only devolves upon who? Sons and not daughters. It's pretty explicit pasik. To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda Omer, Hare Omer, Banim Lahem, Darshlishi, Hakasuf Tala'an Beleida. I will say, interestingly enough, when it says, Banim what it means is laid. In other words, banim, I will say, it doesn't have to mean sons. Banim can also just mean what? Children. And the idea is it adds in the word yivaldu, leida. It's a din in birth, not a din in gender. So the idea that I banim retort back and they say, no, the Torah is telling you that there's a three-generation three marriage moratorium on Egyptian and Edomite converts. It doesn't make a difference that they're having boys or girls. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Elav, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, Elav, Don Rabbi Yehuda, cause of Tlan Had Rabbi Yehuda not advanced this idea, had Rabbi Yehuda not advanced this idea, that Halach Elamaisa, the Torah uses the word Leida by the Mitzri and the Domi converts to teach us that ultimately, again, it's dependent on three generations, three generations of birth, of children, before the ban is lifted. And that applies to both boys and girls. Literally, Rabbi Yehuda would not have found his hands and feet in the base madrash. Now, what does that mean? In other words, Rashi points out, he would not have been able to stand in the base madrash. What's the problem? Listen to this. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. I'm sorry. To which the Gemara says, Because listen to this. We actually made reference to this machlokis before which is Rabosai, for a lot of these restrictions, whether it's Mamzer or others, the Torah uses Lashon of Lo Yovo, Lo Yovo Bekal Hashem. Now that is the phrase that's used to teach us that you may not marry into what we'll call the normative assembly of Klal Yisrael. So Rabosai, here's the question. Are Gerim called, right, what are they? Well, are Gerim Kal Gerim? Are they the separate congregation? Are they Kal Hashem? Dabar Mar, Kal Gerim Ikri Kal. Mar said, Kal Gerim, the assembly of Gerim, are called Kal. Look here, Rashi, just a moment. Last Rashi in that. Kevin Dabar Mar, Kal Gerim Ikri Kal. Meseches Kiddushin, Iisa, Denikhevo, Shariyan, Alta, Havalu, Kal. Vasuros, Mistress, Rishonosh, Neva, Mistress. Fine, let us read the verse. So Kal Gerim is called the Kal. If that's the case, that Kal Gerim is called Kal Yisrael, Bosay Tapa Vayinches. 
Tab of Einchas, you have a problem. Mitzri Sheni B'mayitar. Ultimately, again, how is a Mitzri Sheni, how is a Mitzri Sheni a second generation Mitzri? How is he able to produce suitable off, third generation offspring? See, I remember again, when a Mitzri Sheni has a kid, we're going to talk about this in just a little bit. When a Mitzri Sheni has a child, what's the status of that child? What is he? He's a Mitzri Shlishi. What is the status of a Mitzri Shlishi? Totally reg- regular Jew. Regular Jew. In other words, when I say regular Jew, there are no re- marital restrictions upon such an individual. So the Shaila just becomes, how do you get to a Mitzri Shani? Now I will say, who is a Mitzri Shani permitted to marry? Who is he allowed to marry? Right? Well, he can marry another Mitzri, or for that matter, any convert. Here's the problem. If you hold that Kal Gerim Ikri Kal, right? If you hold that ultimately, again, the assembly of Gerim is called regular Kal Yisrael, then who is a Mitzri Shani marrying in order to produce a Mitzri Shlishi? To which the Gemara says, maybe Dilma di Avar Maybe we're talking about a case. How do you produce a Mitzri Shlishi where a Mitzri Shani does something prohibited? Namely, he marries a regular Bas Yisrael or a Gioras. He does something he's not allowed to do. To which the Gemara says, no, the Elo Kasev Kra. They will say, we wouldn't have Sukim in the Torah that speak about a process that by definition is reliant on doing something prohibited. To which the Gemara says, really? Hare Mamzer, D'i, the Kasvekra. Right? Torah talks about a Mamzer, and Mamzer is a situation where what? Where Halach Halamaisa, you did something wrong. D'i li'isura Kasev. D'i lehetera lo Kasev. They will say, the Torah is Psukim if you did something wrong. The Torah does not go ahead and talk about psukim where something becomes permitted through the commission of a wrong. To which the Gemara says, where a man divorces his wife, she marries someone else, and then he remarries. The Torah speaks about that case, where that is a prohibited situation, yet there's a Pasuk that still references it, to which the Gemara says, Ultimately, you know, we'll say that is written, why? That is written to teach us the core prohibition. Fine. So we'll say, so the idea over here is just, just, just to kind of bring this back together. The idea, the idea that the Gemara is highlighting is that first of all, Halakha Lamaisa, what we see from this last exchange, from this last exchange, is the drush of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi so the fact that the Gemara is talking about the idea that how does a Mitzri Sheni produce a Mitzri Shlishi, and we're not making any distinctions over here between men and women, indicates to us what? That Halacha the restriction on a Mitzri for three generations applies to who? Both men and women. Rabbi will say that is anchored in the idea of Rabbi Yehuda, that when the Torah speaks about the prohibition of Mitzri, it phrases it in terms of Leda. Even though the Torah says Banim, we understand Banim to not mean sons, but Banim to mean children. And the Torah is saying you have to birth three generations until that Mitzri restriction is lifted. So I'll say, so we do not accept the position of Rabbi Shimon. We accept the position of the Rabbanon in the Mishnah, namely that the Torah gives us a three-generation marriage moratorium on the Mitzri and the Domi converts so they can convert. They're limited for three generations as to who they can marry. And that restriction applies both to Mitzri men and women equally. Good. Now let's go back to Chan Rabbanon. So the Gemara asks an interesting question. Still with Mitzri and Edomi. Torah says, 
Lama Ne'emar Doros. Vim Ne'emar Doros, Lama Ne'emar Bonim. An interesting shayla. So the Pasuk that the Gemara is referencing is like this. Still by Mitzri. Here's the Pasuk. Bonim Asher Yivaldu Lahem Doshlishi, Yavo Lahem Bekal Hashem. So literally translated, sons that they will birth, that will be born to them in the third generation, ultimately again could come into Kal Hashem. Here's what the Gemara is asking. Why do you have to use the word, both the word Banim and Doros? Banim and Doros. So I will say, what the Torah is saying is, why, what the Gemara is saying is, why couldn't the Pasuk have just said, Ben Shlishi, third generation son or third generation child, could come into the assembly of Klal Yisrael? Why do you have to write it, Banim Asher Yivaldulahem Dar Shlishi? Just say, Ben Shlishi. Why the need for both Banim and Doros? To which one I'll tell you why. In Namar Banim Velov Namar Doros, if the Torah would have just said sons and not generations, Hayisi Omer Ben Rishon Vishani Aser, Shlishi Mutter. Rabbi say this is fascinating. Had the Torah just said Ben Shlishi, Ben Shlishi, I would say, I would have thought, what does Ben Shlishi mean? What does Ben Shlishi mean? Literally, your third born child. That if you're a Mitzri convert, child number one, restricted. Child number two, restricted. Child number three, not restricted. That's what I would have thought Ben Shlishi meant. Therefore, the Torah goes ahead and says, Doros, to teach you, no, no, no. This is not a din in the number of children you have, but rather, again, this is a din in generations. And had the Torah said Doros and not said sons, I would have thought, what? will say, this is fascinating. Had the Torah just said Doros and not said Bonim, I would have said, when do we start to count the generations from? Harsinai. Harsinai. Therefore, we'll say, amazingly enough, Therefore, ultimately, again, Bonim teaches me that, no, 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 the counting of the generations begins from when? From when you, the Mitzri converts, when you convert, ultimately, again, that's when the generations start, not from Harsinai. But we'll say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. In, it's almost right across. Rashi says, It's fascinating. The Havamina is, one might have thought that the clock for three, had it just said Doros, the clock for three generations would have begun from Matan Torah, from Harsinai. So from Harsinai, any child, right, those converts, children, children's children, ultimately, again, would be prohibited. But after that, permitted, Kamash Malan, Banim. So I need both Banim and Doros, because from the combination, what I learn is the generations ultimately, again, start with the Mitzri convert himself, and ultimately, again, are counted down from there. Beautiful. I will say, what about Lahem? Now I will say, again, we're just picking apart the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Banim asher yivaldu Lahem. Sons or children who will be born to them. Why do I need that Lahem? This is fascinating. So the Gemara says, Lahem mehem mona. Lahem teaches us that ultimately, again, count from them. Meaning what, Rabbi say That when a Mitzri converts, when a Mitzri converts, understand, he is the Rishon. 
the Mitzrayt, the convert, the original convert himself. He is the Rishon. He has a son. The son is Shani. And the son has a son who is the grandson of the original convert. He is the Shlishi. So in other words, words, without that, the Havamina is, you might have thought, when do you begin the count of three generations? When? In other words, one might have had a Havamina from the son. Maybe the convert himself does not count as generation one. Kamash Malan, he does. Mehem, mana lahem. Right? I'm sorry. Mehem, sorry. Lahem, mana mehem. So lahem means begin the count of the generations from the Egyptian convert himself. Next, lahem. I both say this is the next, right? Remember again. What else do you learn from lahem? Halach achar pisulon. So we'll say two drushas from this word. This is fascinating. Lahem also teaches me that halach alamaisa always follow the psalm. Now, I'll say the word lahem is written twice in the Pasuk. It's bar mashayivadu lahem darshlishi yavo lahem bekal Hashem. So first lahem teaches me that we start the three generation count from the convert himself. Second lahem teaches me that we follow the psalm. What does it mean you follow the psul? Take a look at Rashi. What this means is as follows. According to Rashi, what it means is like this. If you have an illegal marriage, where let's say a Mitzri Shemi marries the Israelis, what's the status of the offspring? The status of the offspring always follows the quote-unquote invalid parent or what we'll call genealogically blemished parent. So if you have a Mitzri Shani who goes ahead and marries the Israelis, that child will have the status of the father. Not literally the status of the father, he'll be a Mitzri Shlishi, right? Because it always goes down, it always goes down a level. But Halacha Lameisa, the offspring follows the puzzle parent. So says the Gemara, that, that's the other lahem. So the Gemara says, V'itzrich lemichtav lahem, V'itzrich lemichtav ashayivaldu. And you need both lahem. So I'll say lahem, te- remember again, right now lahem teaches me, follow the psul. The status of the offspring is determined by the puzzle parents. So I need lahem, and I need ashayivaldu. Why? Because of Rahman ashayivaldu. Had the Torah just said ashayivaldu, havamina mibnehem mana. You might, both say ashayivaldu, you might have thought meant, Begin the three-generation count from the offspring, not from the convert parent himself. Therefore, again, because of Rahman Allahem. Therefore, Allah teaches me, no, begin the count from the actual convert. Because of Rahman Allahem, and had the Torah had just said, Lahem, Hava Amina, Mitzris Mu'ubaras, Shinitzka, listen to this. I might have thought, listen to this, a Mitzris Mu'ubaras. Let's say you have, we'll say, a pregnant Gentile Egyptian woman. Right, pregnant Gentile Egyptian woman, and now she converts. So she, she converts while still pregnant. So what's talacha? He ubina chad. You might have thought about say that maybe both she and her child when she gives birth should both be considered what a first generation Mitzri. Therefore, kasev rachman valdu. Therefore, the Torah says no valdu to tell me that what she is generation one but her offspring is generation two. And I needed to say lahem. Remember again, so lahem teaches me that you always follow the apostle parent. So the Gemara says, sorry, 
the Torah says, see, interestingly enough, it's the same word. Lahem, what does lahem mean? Lahem's teaching us in this case that halacha lamaisa, if the mitzri illegally marries someone. So I'll say, just take a simple case. Let's say a mitzri sheni marries a Yisrael, a bas Yisrael. So I will say, lahem teaches me, and now let's say they have a son. What's going to be the status of a son, of the son? The son is a Mitzvisheni, is a Mitzvisheni. Why? Because the son follows the puzzle parent. That's what it means, lahem, right? Lahem means the offspring follows the puzzle parent. So I will say, interestingly enough, we have the same Lashon of lo by Mamzer. The Lashon of the Pasuk is lo yovo Mamzer bekal Hashem, gamdor asiri lo yovo lo bekal Hashem. Lo is the same thing as lahem. Meaning, same way lahem means the offspring, so to speak, belongs to the mitri. So too, lo means the offspring belongs to the mamzer. Namely, that if a mamzer illegally marries someone, the offspring is connected to the mamzer parent. So I need it both over here by mitri and also lo by mamzer. Why? Because of Rahmana hacha mishum debamitipa psula hava mamzer debamitipa kshera emelo. It was fascinating havamina. If it would have just said lahem by mitzri, I would have said that the reason why the offspring follows the puzzle mitzri parent is because ultimately, again, the origin, the origin of this child is by someone who is not genealogically pure because the mitzri is still limited. So we'll say it's incredible. By mamzer, I would have thought mamzer is different because as much as mamzer is a result of an illicit relationship, it's an illicit relationship between who? Between two Jews. So maybe if the mamzer illegally marries another Jew, right? Let's say mamzer, mamzer marries a Bas Yisrael, maybe the offspring should be like the genealogically pure parent. Kamash Malon, we have low by mamzer. To which the Gemara says, because of Rahman Gabe Mamzer and Shumdein Roy Lava Kabakali Olam. But if and if would have just said low by mamzer, I would have thought that what? That Allah Maisa. The reason why the offspring follows the mamzer is because the mamzer is forever precluded from coming into the Kalashem. But in the case of the mitzri, where the limitation is not forever, the limitation is only for three generations, I might have thought that halacha perhaps the offspring does not follow the invalid parent, therefore tzricha, therefore they are both needed. So just to keep track of the drushas that we have so far. So number one, number one, we're passing that halacha the three generation prohibition applies both to men and women equally. That, that, that we've established, right? The next thing we've learned is the three generations are counted from where? Counted from where? Convert. Convert is one. Convert's child is two. Convert's grandchild is number three. Good. What else do we have, Rabbi Osai? From from, we have two lahems, two lahems, and the two lahems teach us. The two lahems teach us that halach, first lahem teaches me, number one, start the counting of the generations from the, from the convert. He's generation one. And the material both say, the second lahem teaches us this fascinating concept, which we're now going to expand on, halach achar pisulon. That I both say, which teaches me, when I have someone who is genealogically blemished, who, mar- who illegally marries someone they're not supposed to, right? Or legally marries someone they're not, right? Obviously. Right? So halach halamaisa, the offspring follows the psal. The offspring follows the psal. So again, just to illustrate this, a Mitzri Shani or Mitzri Rishon marries a Bas Yisrael, a regular Jewish woman. The Lahem teaches me the offspring is connected to the Mitzri father. 
right? So the offspring, offspring will be a mitzvisheni, like his father, not like his mother. Okay, let's expound on that. Says Mitzvisheni, well, says, listen to this. Mitzvisheni shenasa mitzvisvishona. But so we have the following case. Now, this is a legal marriage, right? So we'll say, in this case over here, watch this. You have a man who's a mitzvisheni, but he marries a woman who's a mitzvisvishona. So I'll say, what's the shayla? What's the shayla? What's the status of the kid? Is the kid a mitzvisheni or is the kid a mitzvishlishi? In other words, whose status does the child follow in this situation? To which the Gemara says, Bina shlishi, the offspring is going to be a shlishi. What do you see from there? Amo kasavar, basar didei shadina. So what's Rabbi Yochanan holds? That the offspring follows the status of the father. And since in this case the father is a sheni, therefore by definition the kid becomes a shlishi. Incredible. So Master of Yosef, Rabbi Yosef raises a kasha. Master of Yosef, Rabbi Tarfon Omer, Yecholin mamzer in litar. Rabbi Tarfon says, I have a way that a mamzer could become tar. I will say that a mamzer has a way to escape his mamzerus. Now, not really himself, but rather a reference to his offspring. How? Ketzad. Mamzer nasa shifcha. If a mamzer marries a shifcha, mamzer marries a maidservant. Havlad evet. We'll say, watch this. I will say, if a mamzer marries a shifcha, what's the status of the offspring? So, I will say, shifcha is a shifcha kinanis. Right? So, mamzer marries a non-Jewish maidservant. They have kids. What's the status of the kids? Havlad evet. But I will say, those kids, those kids are avodim kinanim. I, then what happens? Shichrero, then if the master emancipates the woman and her children, or even just the children, nimtza ben chorin. It will say, what's the status of an emancipated evet kinani? Full-fledged Jew. It turns out that the mamzer could have kids who are totally genealogically unblemished. What do you see from the other, I will say? Whose, whose status do the kids follow? Alma, basar didoshatinale. So we'll say, now again, what's obvious in that case, that the children take on the status of the mother. So we'll say two contradictory cases. In case number one, we said that a mitzvah sheni marries a mitzvah rishon, right? Ultimately, again, the kids are going to be a mitzvah shlishi, so like the father. So then kids follow the status of the father. Second case, mamzer has kids with a shifcha. Ultimately, again, those kids are avadim kinanim, following the status of the mother. So which one is it? To which the Imran says, no, 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 that's not a good raya by Mamzer. Hasam no mekra, ha'isha biladet yela adonel. They will say, no, 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 the Eved Kanani case is not a fair case. They will say, because everyone agrees in that case, an Eved is the property of the master, and her kids are the property of the master as well. So you can't bring a raya from that case. That's a totally separate case. Massive Rava. So Rava raises a kasha. Amr of Yehuda. Minyamin ger mitzri hayalicham mitalit Rabbi Akiva. Was you saw a few days ago. Rabbi Yehuda said, Minyamin, Minyamin was an Egyptian convert. An Egyptian convert. And he was my friend. And we were both in Shir. Rabbi Akiva Shir together. Va'amar, Minyamin used to say, Ani mitzri, Ani mitzri Yishon. I'm a first generation mitzri. Right? He's the convert. First generation. Venasati, mitzri Yishona. And I married a girl who was also Mrs. Rishona. My, then we had a son, right? My, or we're going to have a son. Hopefully we'll have a son, right? My son is going to be a Mrs. Shnia. And if my son marries a Mrs. Shnia, then ultimately my grandson will be a Mrs. Shlishi. And I will say, by the time we get the third generation, what? We're good to go. We're good to go. He can marry into the assembly of Shem. So I don't stand. 
Afilo Rishona Nami. Then I both say, if we hold like Rabbi Yochanan said, that the status of the offspring follows the father, then why does Minyamin need his son to marry a Mitzris Shani? Right? Even if his son, who is a Shani, marries what? Marries what? Marries a Rishon. It doesn't matter because the offspring will still be a shlishi because we follow the status of the father. It would seem to be the fact that Minyamin is so hooked on his son, the Shani, marrying a girl who is a Shani also, that apparently goes after the mother. You could even change it to Rishona. That Minyamin was saying, it really doesn't matter who my son marries. Whether my son marries a Rishona or a Shnir doesn't make a difference. His son is going to be a Shlishi because Halakha Lamaisa, the status follows the father. Kiyasa Rabdimi Am Rabbi Yochanan, Mitzri Shani Shanasa Mitzres Rishona, Bina Shani Havi. Boss, listen to this. Boss, never another statement. Contradictory statement Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says that Halakha Lamaisa, if a Mitzri Shani marries a Mitzris Rishona, their son is a Shani. What does that show you? Alma Basar Ime Shadinale. Well, say, what do you see from here? That Allah Chalamai say you go after the mother. So again, now what we're faced with Rabosai is two contradictory statements of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan himself being kind, right? Two different versions of Rabbi Yochanan. Version one, Rabbi Yochanan, we're following the father. Version two, Rabbi Yochanan, following the mother. What about the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said the following? Listen to this. What happens if you separated an animal for a chatos? And the animal was pregnant. So I have, I have a pregnant chatos. Vialda, before I sacrificed the animal, the animal gave birth. What's talacha? Ratsa miskaper ba, ratsa miskaper bevlada. So I will say, you could go ahead and use either the mother or the offspring as your chatos. Whichever one you want. I amrit bishlama uber lav yarech yarech imo hava. So I will say, now here's what's interesting. If you hold that the baby... Right, the, the the baby chat, the baby inside of the chatas mother. If you hold that the baby is not considered to be an extension of the mother, literally the leg of the mother, then ultimately I give that makes sense. So I'll say then when I separate out this pregnant animal for a chatas, I'll say essentially I look at the pregnant chatas as what two distinct animals. There's the mother and there's the fetus, and therefore I'll say it's effectively as if I what separated out. Two animals for chatos. I will say, now by the way, there's a concept like this. Let's say I have to bring a chatos. And the truth is, I, 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 I like, I'm a guy who likes to have a backup plan. I always like to have a plan B. So what do I do? I designate two animals. Now I'm only going to offer one of them. But I separate essentially the second one for achrayis. It's, it's my insurance policy. You could do that by carbonos. And it's understood you're only going to offer up one of them. Shabbos so said, listen to this. Now the other one, you have to set it out to graze. You can't just use it for mundane purpose. You have to set it out to graze. But the idea is like this. If you hold, if you hold, that ultimately the fetus, the, the animal in utero is not an extension of the mother. It's its own independent entity. Therefore, when I'm maktish a pregnant animal for chatos, it's as if I'm being maktish two animals. Rabbi say, ultimately, again, if you hold that the fetus 
is an extension of the mother, then ultimately, again, this fetus is the offspring of a chatos, and vlad chatos lemisa azil, and ultimately, again, the offspring of a chatos, ultimately, again, it has to let be left to die. Ishtik, he was silenced. Armalei dilma shiny hasam, so the idea over here is, the idea over here is the Gemara says, how to view the child or how to view the fetus in utero is a fundamental achlokas. So as I said to him, well, maybe Mitzri is different because I was say, going back to what we said, Rabbi Huda, on the end of Ein Zayin days, maybe it's different by Ger Mitzri. Why? Because the Torah uses Lashon of Leida, Leida of birth. So maybe by definition, what does that teach us? That the status of the Mitzri, of the Mitzri offspring is going to be dependent on who? He or, or she who births him, i.e. the mother. I.e. the mother. To which the Gemara says, We'll say Karkafna Rashi's Adam Chashuv, important man. Ultimately, I saw your head between the pillars when Rabbi Yochanan said this very ruling. In other words, that he was telling him, This is not your own Chiddush. Rabbi Yochanan said this in the base Medrash, and I saw you that day in Shir, and Rabbi Yochanan said it. So, we'll say, so the, the idea that the Gemara seems to be settling on over here is that even Rabbi Yochanan would agree that the status of the offspring when it comes to the Mitzri depends on the mother. Why does it depend on the mother? Asher Yivaldu. Since the Torah bases it on Leda, on birth, the status follows the mother. So we'll say what that effectively means is as follows. That if you have a Mitzris Rishona, right? A woman who's a first generation Mitzri, who marries a Mitzri Shani, husband is now a second generation Mitzri, what's going to be the status of the kid? Mitzri Shani, right? Because now, we're, according to where we're holding right now, the status is going to follow the mother. So I'm going to say, beautiful Gemara now ahead of us. Says the Gemara, time with the Kasev HaShay Yivaldu. Now, interestingly enough, the reason, the reason why this is so is because it's a Shay Yivaldu. Haba'oma basr avua shadinale. And I will say, here's what's interesting. The reason why by Mitzri, in this case, we're going to follow the mother, status of the mother, is because the Torah used Lashon of Asher Yivaldu, right? Ultimately, again, who birthed, who birthed them. What does that indicate to us? What that seems to indicate to us is, without the Pasuk, who, stat, who would determine status? The father. The father. Now watch this. The Gemara says, Ella, here's the question. Ella Hadam Rava, Nochris Mu'ubereshenes Gaira. We'll say, listen to this. Let's see if a non-Jewish woman who converts, and she's pregnant at the time of her conversion. She's pregnant at the time of her conversion. So we'll say, which means she goes to the mikvah for conversion purposes while she's pregnant. What's going to be the Shaila? I'll say, what's the Shaila? What's the status of the child? Now she gives birth. Remember, when is she giving birth? By the time she gives birth, she's already... Jewish. So listen to this. Her son, let's say she gives birth to a son, that baby does not require another immersion in the mikvah. Now we're assuming why is that? So the Gemara says, why is that? Now here's, here, here's, the interesting, here's the interesting idea. Right? Obviously the fact that the baby doesn't need tevila why is that? Because the tevila of the mother took care of the baby. Right? That's essentially what's happening. The Gemara is trying to say, well, what's the mechanics of that? So watch this. This is fascinating. 
So I will say, this is fascinating. What Imar is bothered by is how, now again, I will say, if you hold ubar yerech imo, if you hold that a baby is an extension of the mother, then I understand why the mother's tevila works for the child, right? Because the child is an extension of the mother. But if you hold ubar lav yerech imo, that the baby is not an extension of the mother, then how should the mother's tevila work for the baby? I will say, after all, why, in other words, what's the problem? Isn't there a chatzitza? I will say, Allah, when you go to the mikvah, there can be nothing interposing between your body and the water. Well, I will say, the baby has one big chatzitza. And what is it called? What is it called? Mommy, right? It's mommy. So what's going on over here? So maybe you'll say, no, maybe it's not a chatzitza. Why not? Why not? Because I will say, we learned midda oraisa, ruba umakbir. I will say, the, on a Torah level, on a biblical level, a chatzitza is something which covers the majority of the body, and you don't want it there, right? And you're makbid, you're makbid not to have it there. But I will say, if you have something that covers the majority of the body, but you're not makbid, it's not a chatzitza. Oh, so I will say, is the fetus, is the fetus makbid on having the mother be a chatzitza? The answer is no, right? The fetus wants the mother, so to speak, there. And therefore, maybe it's not a chatzitza, to which the Lord of Bays, that's not good. Ha'amravkana loshano elorubo, Avakulo chotzeitz. I will say, no, no, no. Even as Shumidaraisa, Shumidaraisa will say, it's rove. If something covers the majority of the body and you're not makbed, it's not a chatzitza. But if something covers the entire body, everyone agrees that Allah said, is a chatzitza. Obviously, the mother is covering the entire body and therefore Allah is a chatzitza. So how does the tevila work for the baby? Ella, the Gemara says, Avakulo chotzeitz, shiny, shiny uber, the Hanu Rabise. We'll say, interestingly enough, the Hanu Rabise means, Rashi says, the love Chatzitsu, Hanu Rabise also means, this is the way that the baby is formed. This is the way the baby develops. This is the normal fashion. So because this is the normal situation for a, for an Uber, for a baby, it's not a Chatzitsu. As Rabbi say, the definition of a Chatzitsu is something that is external and alien to the individual. It doesn't belong there, so to speak. But something that does belong there, by definition, is not a chatzitza. The mother belongs, so to speak, on top or enveloping the uber, the fetus. Therefore, by definition, it is not a chatzitza. And therefore, halacha when the mother goes to the mikvah, when the Gentile mother goes to the mikvah while she's pregnant for a conversion, that conversion works for the mother and works for the baby as well. Incredible. To which the Lord says, Kestra, Abina Amr Bu'umos, halach achar hazachar. But say, listen to this. In general, bu'umos, bu'umos, when it comes, Rashi says over here, b'sheva umos, the inyan lo sechaye kol neshama, halach achar hazachar. And I will say, remember again, interesting halacha. There's a halacha that when Klal Yisrael comes into Eretz Yisrael, they have an obligation to wipe out the seven indigenous nations. Being a member of the seven indigenous nations, that identity goes after the father. That identity goes after the father. Bumos halach achar hazachar, niskairu halach achar hapogum shebishnehem. Bumosay, listen to this. But if you have people who convert, so Bumosay, because that's what we said, said before, let's say you have two converts who marry, the status of the offspring goes after the pogum. say pogum means the parent who has the grit, we'll call it the heightened genealogical issue. We'll see what this means in just a moment. So he wants the What's the case of the, of the umos? You go after the you go after the father. Kidisanya minayin leechad mina umos shabala knanis vaholid ben shatarashelik nosal beevet. 
Well, say, how do you know if a man from another nation, right, not one of the seven indigenous nations, has a child with a Canaanis, with a Canaanis, a woman from Canaan, that ultimately, again, the offspring, you're permitted to purchase it, you're permitted to purchase the offspring as a servant. In other words, which is another way of saying the offspring doesn't have the status of a Kenani. First white line. You might have thought the same is true. For a male Kenani who fathers a child with a woman from another nation, that such a child you is permitted to maintain as a servant. This is halacha number one, and really quite amazing. Halacha number one, Rabosai, is that when it comes to the seven nations, identity is determined by paternity. By paternity. And therefore, again, an offspring only has the status of a Kenani if fathered by a Kenani father. But if he has another na- father from a different nation and a mother who's a Kenani, that offspring is not a Kenani. Next. Watch this. What's the case? If you're talking about a Mitzri who marries an Amonis, my pogum shebishnehem ispa amoni v'lo amana. So we'll say, interestingly enough, if a mitzri marries an amonis, so we'll say, what's the status of an amonis? What's the status of an amonis? She's fine. Now again, is a mitzri permitted to marry an amonis? The answer is yes, because she's a gioras, right? But lamaisa, what's what's the pogum? There's no. In other words, the mitzri has baggage because he's got baggage up until three generations, but the Amonis doesn't have anything. Rather, Ella ba'amoni shenasa mitzris. Oh, now we'll say rather, what's the case? The case is of an Amoni. Now we'll say, remember again, what's the status of an Amoni? What's the status of an Amoni? Right? An Amoni is never permitted to come into Kal Hashem. Right? He's always, he always, he's always going to be relegated to a limited marriage pool. And he marries a mitzris. He marries a first generation mitzris. So I will say now, now what, what's the shaila? What's the status of their offspring? To which the Gemara says it depends. If they have a son, if they have a son, so I will say the son will follow the status of the father. Namely, the son will be treated like a male Amoni convert who will be limited ultimately again to that marriage pool. In a keva, and if it's a girl, who is she? Can, who, whose status does she inherit? Shadje Basra Mitris. She inherits her mother's. Right? Because remember, again, if you would put her after her father, then what would be her status? What would be her status? Amon is totally permitted. Instead, we put her after her mother, and she's considered to be a second generation Mitris. So I will say, with the Gemara's advancing over here, something really interesting, which is that Halacha whenever you have a union between two Gerim, both who have some, some marital limitations, the offspring follows what we'll call the more compromised. It's not compromised. The offspring will follow the status of the parent, l'chumra. Whichever parent has a more stringent status, that's who the offspring follows. And I both say, the Rambam actually codifies this, l'halacha. The Rambam says, l'halacha l'maysa, Ultimately, we go ahead and we go ahead and whenever you have this, con- this situation of two converts, each of them with some level of restrictions on them, the offspring will always follow, they'll call it the parent with the stricter status. Beautiful. Says the Mishnah, Mamzerim, 
unesinin asurin ve esra olam. Es echaz charim vechaneke. So we'll say mamzer, mamzerim, and nesinim. Rabbi we'll say, remember again, the nesinim Rashi points out here are their givonim. Shenizkairu ba'arabah me'yoshua v'nasnum avadim l'chot ve'etim shalimayim. So we'll say the nesinim are the people, they're the givonim. But when Yoshua comes into Eretz Yisrael, they pretended that they were from, not from Canaan. As a result, Yoshua made a treaty with them. After he found out that they were indigenous nations and should have been wiped out, he did not want to violate the treaty. So I'll say, so they were relegated to the status of servants for Kalal Yisrael. Point over here is Mamzerim and Nesinim. Ultimately, again, they, they can convert, right? They can convert. Well, Mamzer does not convert. Mamzer is Jewish. But the point I will say is that these individuals, they are forever relegated to a limited marriage pool, and the prohibition applies both to men and women. This is a fascinating says, a mamzeres, right? A female mamzer. She, after 10 generations, she is permitted to marry into the general pool of Klal Yisrael. Really? The Gemara says, Yolif Asiri Asiri Me'amoni Umo'avi. Rabbi say we learn out 10 generate, right? 10, 10. So let's listen to this. It says by Mamzer, Lo Yovo Mamzer Bekal Hashem, Gam Dora Siri. Gam Dora Siri. Rabbi say listen to this. By, so right, Mamzer can't come into the generation, can't come into Kal Hashem, even 10th generation. By Amoni and Mo'avi, it also says, Gam Dora Siri Lo Yovo. Now watch this. So the Gemara says, Malahalo Nekevos Mutaros, Afkan Nekevos Mutaros. Fascinating drasha. Just like my Ammon and Moab, ultimately again, women are permitted to enter into the assembly. So, so too by Mamzeres, after 10 generations, she is permitted to enter into the Kalashan. What? Ima lahalon miyad, afkan miyad. If you can make a Gzer Shava, then say that just as an Ammonite or Moabite woman is permitted immediately, so to Mamzeres is permitted, permitted immediately. To which the Gemara says, Kiahani Gzer Shava. No, no, at most the Gzir Shava could only work from the 10th generation. Now we don't pass like this, but it's a fascinating Gzir Shava. So what it's saying is, it's Asiri Asiri from Mamzer to Amon and Moab. Just like Amon and Moab can't marry in, just like Mamzer can't marry in even after 10 generations, so to Amon and Moab can't marry in even after 10 generations. But just like Amon and Moab, a woman is permitted to marry in immediately. Mamzeres can't marry in immediately, but she can marry in after 10 generations. I, but our Mishnah said that a Mamzer is prohibited forever, both men and women. So even after 10 generations, the Mamzeres is still Asura. Lokashia, it's not a contradiction. Hakiman da Amr don mine umina. This is fascinating. We've seen this many times, which is in the world of Kalvachomers, there's a machlokis haradashna Kalvachomer. I will say there's two different ways. There's don mina umina, which means, Rabbi will say, once you create a Kalvachomer, Kalvachomer allows you to learn all of the details from the source item. Versus saying, no, when you learn a Kavachomer, Kavachomer only allows you to learn out a specific halacha from the source item. So I will say, watch this. If you hold that once you make a Kavachomer, you can learn out everything from the source item. So therefore, once I'm going ahead and halacha, not a Kavachomer, I should say, a Shava. Once you make a Gzir Shava from Mamzer 
to, to Ammon and Moab, then I can learn that for all halachas that teach me that just like a female, right? A female Ammon and Moab, a female convert for Ammon and Moab is, is permitted immediately. So to a female Mamzeres or Mamzeres is also permitted, not immediately, but after 10 generations. Whereas if you only hold that the Gzer Shavu does not go all the way, then a female Mamzeris is still going to be Asura. And that's our Mishnah. Good. So it says, Goliath, the Sholos Rabbi Lazar. Mamzeris to Achra, Sarah, Dari, Mahu. What's the status of a Mamzeris after 10 generations? I will say, this is incredible. Amr Lohan, Amr said to them, Meitin Ladarshlishi Batara. 10 generations. You can't even find a Mamzer after three generations. Then I will say, now why is that? Why is that? Look at Rashi. Rashi. I will say, take a look. It's three, it's three, five lines into the white lines of Rashi. I will say, you're not even, you're going to be hard pressed to find a Mamzer after three generations. Now why is that? Almo Kasavar, Mamzer Lo Ultimately, I will say, because he said, because ultimately, again, Rabbi Lezer said, Mamzerim die out. Rabbi say, why do Mamzerim die out? This is something Chodesh Baruch Hu orchestrates in order that they do not taint the family lines of Klal Yisrael. Unfortunately, again, Chodesh Baruch Hu does not allow Mamzerim to live a long life in order that they should not taint the, the familial lines of Klal Yisrael. V'chin amravuna, Mamzera lo chaye. Mamzer doesn't live. Shabbat does not allow a mamzer to live a long life. But the Mishnah said, Mamzer ma'asr forever. Forever sounds like they do live long lives. Listen to this. It depends on the type of mamzer. If everyone knows about this guy that he's a mamzer, then they live. Why did the Rebbe say, remember again, what's the reason why Hashem would take away life from a mamzer? in order that this Mamzer not taint the family lines of Klal Yisrael. So if everyone knows the families of Mamzer, then what? Then what? There's no fear of genealogical contamination. Why not? Because everyone knows to stay away from them. Listen to this. Delo yadi lo Ultimately, again, if no one knows about the Mamzeris of this individual, this family, Hashem will not allow them to live. The yadi vidlo yadi, if some people know, but some people don't know, Hashem will allow the Mamzer to live up to three generations, but not more than three generations. They're both saying, by the way, isn't this an incredible Yisod? So if everyone knows about the Mamzer, they live, because there's no fear of, of intermarrying with the Mamzer. No one knows about the Mamzer, Hashem takes the life of the Mamzer. Some know, some don't know, up until three generations. I'll just point out from you, from here, what do you see? The fact that Hashem takes the life of the Mamzer when no one knows about his Mamzerus, an incredible Yisrael, which is the needs of the Klal always outweigh the needs of the individual. I'll say this is a little bit countercultural because in today, today's day and age, everything is about personal rights. Everything is about, is about the rights of the individual. And no, no one or nothing has a right to curtail the rights of the individual. Yiddishkeit does not believe in that. The needs of the collective always outweighs the needs of the few or the needs of the individual. So if there's a mamzer and no one knows about that mamzer, Hashem is going to prevent that mamzer from living in order that that mamzer not cause problems for the rest of the kal. If everyone knows, they stay away from the mamzer. Not a problem. Some know, some don't know. Up to three generations. Let's just end with this. We'll say there was a mamzer in Rabbi Ami's neighborhood. No one knew about it. Rabbi Ami got up in shul. 
Maharanam Parabanan, Plonis of Mamzer. Right? Plonis of Mamzer. So what happened? Bachi, the Bachi was that a guy started sobbing. He was, he felt so, he felt so embarrassed. To which, to which Rabbi Ami says, Amrlei, Chayim Nasati Lacha. Thank me. I've given you life. Because as difficult as it is now, everyone knows that you're a Mamzer. At the end, now that everyone knows, ultimately, again, that is the secret to your longevity. We'll so stop over here. Shkoyach. All right, everyone, Zoom, have a great day, everyone.